very much for that. It was a blessing. Amen? Amen. It is Resurrection Sunday, and, and I, I, I thought to myself, man, this is, this is the big Sunday, right? This is the one where we're going to have the most people and the, the most bang for our buck. And I thought, man, I want to share the good news of who Jesus Christ is and what Christ has done on our behalf. And, and the way I could think to do that is just, I want to start in Romans chapter 4, but we're not going to just stay there. We're going to be in a couple different places, but Romans chapter 4 says this, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Like, This is the greatest news in the entire world. The information that I'm going to talk about out of the text today is some of the most amazing and spectacular news that we as human beings have ever heard about. How many of you guys have ever been a part of a story or or heard something that sounded way too good to be true? Anybody? I have been a part of a couple different things in my life where it just sounded like it was too good to be true. And this is the big one. And we're going to start here, but we're going to end back there in just a minute. But the idea originally came out of Psalms chapter 32, where he says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whom and whose spirit there is no deceit. So this is where Paul pulls this information is out of Psalms chapter 32. And it's just a story that just seems too good to be true. Um, I shared this sermon, part of this sermon, with a group of students in Cedarville, Kansas about three years ago. And this morning I thought, man, I, this, is, this is a spectacular story of the gospel of what Jesus has done and and I wanted to share a little bit just an illustration this morning of something that happened to me several years ago that I think would help us understand what's coming in Romans chapter 5 next so we start in Romans 4 with the idea of blessed is the man whose lawless deeds are forgiven but then we're going to jump into Romans 5 so if you want to just go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5 we're going to get there in just a minute but several years ago Um, I have a friend named Blake, and Blake lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Blake is active in the country music world. Blake has a ton of connections. He's a producer for different country artists. He does things with people like um, Jason Aldean. Anybody heard of them? Um, different, Different artists. Well, Blake and I have known each other for almost, man, 15 years. We we met at an an event together in Dallas, Texas. And Blake used to lead worship at Second Baptist Church in Houston. But he's now in Nashville and does this thing. And he called me one day. He said, Caleb, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm on tour right now with Rascal Flatts. How many of you guys know who Rascal Flatts is? Anybody heard of them? Okay. So Blake calls me. And says, hey, why don't you, would you be interested in coming to the show? We're coming to Tulsa. Would you be interested in coming to the show? And I said, yeah, we we don't have any money for tickets. He goes, that's okay. I got you. You can come with me. Tickets are on me. 
So I called Jamie and said, hey, honey, listen, we need to find a sitter. This happened when we had to have sitters. Now we have teenagers and we don't really need sitters anymore, praise the Lord. Can I get older parents, you know, parents of older kids? Amen, right? So, um, but this time in our lives, we needed to have sitters. So the sitter, we got, it, actually it was my mom and dad. So praise the Lord for faithful mom, grandmas and grandpas. Amen. So um, they spent the evening with grandma and grandpa. And Jamie and I went to go to this concert. And I, we pulled in. We're so excited. And I told her, I was like, we're going to go see Rascal Flatts. Like one of my favorite country artists. I, I know it's not, I know that the, there's some country purists probably in the room that say that that's not country music. I, Okay. I'll, I'll yes and amen that, but I still like them. So we got to the, to, the, to the BOK Center, and we got into the room, or got to, up to the door, and I, I walked up, and I figured my tickets are going to be at the will call desk. And so I walk up and to the, to the will call desk and said, my name's Caleb Gordon, I should have some tickets here. And she's like, no, no tickets for you. Major ego deflator, because I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm the man, right? She, and so I called Blake. I said, Blake, where, where do I need to go? Like, what's going on? I, there's no tickets. He goes, oh, no, no, don't worry about tickets. Come around where the buses are. Okay. This just got epic. Like, we're going to get to go back around where the buses are, where the artists are. So we, my wife and I walk around the corner, and there's this, it's all fenced off, tons of buses, tons of author, police authorities, all kinds of... Uh, first responders there because you know they're they're there to make sure everybody's safe and secure and all those things and we get there and there's this guy that's i mean taller than darren like you stack another like five inches on darren maybe seven big guy all blacked out black suit black tie like intimidating he said whoa, whoa, whoa you don't belong here you don't belong. you need to go ahead and go you need to leave and I said, but, 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 he goes, go back around where everybody else is. You don't belong here. And then all of a sudden, Blake comes around the corner and hollers at, hey, 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 wait a minute. They're with me. And he hands Jamie and I these lanyards that we put on our shirt, over our shirts. And we, we have this access. And we get to walk right past this guy who just a second ago said I didn't belong here. So I was like, huh, yeah, <laughs> right past him, right past him. And I get in, and we get past all the buses and everything, and, and he says, hey, would you like to meet the guys? Well, yes, I do. So we go back there, and we're standing in line, and Blake says, listen, I've got to go to work. So he was, he was on tour, so he's working. He was in charge of all the social media, all the stuff that came in, tweets, all that stuff. So I'm standing in line. We've got our VIP passes, and we see another friend of ours that is standing in line ahead of us, but he's got a piece of paper. He said, man, yours, yours, your access pass looks different than mine. I said, I don't know, man. It just got this given to me. It was just handed to me. I don't, I don't know. And he said, okay. So we stand there for a minute, and the guy comes around the corner and says, listen, hey, you too. Looks at Jamie and I says, hey, you too. You don't belong here. And I said, I said, bro, your big, giant, behemoth brother outside already told me that we, like we've, we've already done this. He goes, just come with me. And he walks us around the corner, and there was a black, imagine there's a big black curtain, and we pull that black curtain back, and we walk through this thing, and I hear music, but it's not concert music. It's like being played over a PA, and I hear this, and I start to smell one of my favorite things in the world, fajitas. I can smell fajitas 50 yards out. 
So, like, I'm like, I'm, they said, this is from Rascal Flatts just to say thank you for being a fan. Are you kidding me? Baby, we can, I don't have to buy you dinner tonight, baby? <laughs> what? Get in here, we're eating some fetus. Open up your purse. She's like, be quiet. So we get in there, and we're, and we're, and we're eating there, and we're enjoying food, and we're talking, and, we're just, and they said, hey, you can come in now and get to meet them. And there's, and I said, oh, we get to meet them. So we get this special VIP. This is me at about 45 pounds ago, and that's us hanging out there, and we get to meet them all, and, and got to talk to them and found out that they love the Lord. Um, they are followers of Jesus, and... and that night, like they said, okay, just go and enjoy the show. We had pristine seats, fabulous night. Um, in fact, they even shared a little bit of their testimony, how they grew up in church. And they sang this song, that, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And I was just like, whoa, like three-part harmony. It was incredible. Amazing. And I was like, can this night get any better? This is fantastic. And Blake, before he left um, to go do his thing, he said, call me after the show. I'd love to hang out with you. We haven't seen each other in years. Love to hang out with you. I was like, sweet, we can do that. So I called him after the show and I said, hey, bro, where are you at? He goes, why don't you just come down to the stage and, and meet me down at the, at the stage and we'll hang out together. I said, that'd be great. And I get down to the front of the stage and I kid you not, the big guy is back. Still in his black suit. He may have been carrying, I don't know. Like he looked like one of those guys. And so huge guy, he says, listen, hey, 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 you don't belong here. I was like, but, 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 I got the pass. He goes, that time has passed. You, you need to go. Well, Blake comes around the corner and guess what? He says it again. There with me. Walked right past big guy again. Maybe even give him a little shove. And he says, do you want to go hang out on the buses with us? Yes, I want to go hang out on the bus with you. Of course I do. That would be fabulous. Let's go. So we spend the evening there and we're hanging on the bus and then we got to and just it, talk with people. And it was so much fun. And I was driving home. I hugged Blake and we left and I was driving home and I told Jamie, I was like, oh, baby, we've experienced experienced the gospel. And she goes, what? This is where I said, I want you to go to Romans chapter 5. Listen to this. Now, remember, in chapter 4, it told us what? Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sins. So because of that, in Romans chapter 4, we've got Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have obtained access by faith into the grace in which now we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And I, I see this. This is why this is so amazing. This is like... The, News that's too good to be true. Like you and I have been given access into a place that when we shouldn't be at. We've been given the opportunity to be with someone that we shouldn't be with. Like, here's the thing. 
Here's why this is such a big deal. Because if you go just a few verses down in Romans chapter 5, it says, For while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God. So there was a point in time when I was an enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Could you imagine being an enemy of God? And here's the thing, I'm going to be really honest with you. If you're in your sins and you have not repented of your sins, you, sir, you, ma'am, are an enemy of God. And that is not a place that we should want to be in. We should long for the day when we get out of the enemy camp and get to move into the family camp of God. So the idea here is that because of what Christ has done on the cross, we now have access. Now, think about this. Had I just walked up on my own accord, and I walked up and I just thought, man, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, I'm good-looking enough, I've got enough clout that I can get into this concert on my own. And I walked up to that back gate where that big, tall guy was, and I said, listen, my name's Caleb Gordon, and I need to get in. What would have happened to me? (laughs) big guy would have snapped me like a matchstick I mean look at me I was not very big other guy was big he would have snapped me like a a matchstick I did not get access into all the things I got to be a part of I did not to go I didn't get into the place where I got to be got to see the people I got to see got to eat the food that I got to eat because I was like because I was amazing or fabulous I got in because I knew somebody on the inside and more importantly Somebody on the inside knew me and loved me and brought and gave me a gift, a free gift. So therefore, since Christ has done this, we've been justified. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Justified is just a big churchy word for just as if I had never sinned. Justification. We have been justified before a holy God. Why is that important? Because here's the thing. Every one of us in the room have fallen short. Every single one of us have sinned. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that all of us in the room have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means you. That means me. Let's just take a test to make sure we understand that. Because here's what we've done. We've broken God's law. You say, what's God's law? We learned about this when we were in Sunday school and in elementary school when we were little. There are the Ten Commandments. That's the law of God. Every single one of us have broken God's law. Let's take a test. You guys ready? How many of you guys have ever told a lie? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. Don't, don't be pointing at you. Hey, don't be pointing people out. Okay? How many guys have ever um, used God's name as a cuss word? That's blasphemy. There's, there's two. How many guys have ever stolen anything? Whether it's small. How many guys, okay, let's, how many guys ever cheated on a test in school? There we go. There we go. By our own admission, we're liars thieves and blasphemers that's just three of the ten commandments how many guys have always honored mom and dad don't lie to me hannah you just admitted you're a liar come on girl no like we've all broken god's law you say well caleb i I, yeah i've lied 
Yeah, I've stolen some things, and yeah, I've, I've, I've blasphemed the Lord's name, which that in and of itself is the worst. So, but I've never killed anybody. Really? Because Jesus says in Matthew that if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. Jesus also said if you look at a woman with lust, ladies, if you look at a man with lustful intention in your heart, you've committed adultery with him already in your heart. See what Christ has done? Is he took the law and he internalized everything. So man, none of us are good. None of us are, 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 can stand in front of God and say, listen, I got this all figured out. None of us in the room, including Caleb Gordon, has it figured out. We've all fallen short, Romans 3.23. And Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. What's a wage? It's what we get paid for what we've done. So we have earned the wage of death because we have broken God's law. So we've broken God's law, so we earn the wage of death. But God doesn't leave it there, does he? The wages of sin is death, but what? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes in. That's what, like the whole idea of this past week is that Jesus came, and we celebrated Christmas. Jesus came as a virgin-born baby, pure, perfect, sinless, spotless Son of God, lives 33 years, spotless, never breaks the law, perfect, perfect Son of God, comes in and does what none of us in the room could do, kept the law perfectly. And then what? On Friday, we celebrated Good Friday, Jesus took your place. You and I deserved to be arrested by the Roman guard and be tortured for almost 20 hours and have the cat of nine tails ripped through our back. We, have, we deserve to be hung on a cross and bleed out and then be stabbed up through our ribs and die. Like that's what we deserve for our sins. But Jesus says, I love them so much that I'm going to come and I'm going to buy them back. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Amen? That whosoever believes in Him would not perish. And here's the thing, I just want to, like, the idea of belief versus what's going on in 2021, like, a lot of people have Jesus right here in the midst of their head. Jesus, then we know a lot of knowledge about Jesus. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, he died on the cross. I mean, you can just, most people in the room, I could say, why did Jesus come? He died on the cross for my sins. And like, we could spout out information, but the idea and the question I have for you this morning is, man, is Jesus the Lord of your heart, not the knowledge guy in your head? James 2.19 says that the demons in hell believe in God. Like 97 percent of Americans say they believe in God, yet their lives are not transformed. Like today is the biggest day when most people are going to walk in the building. This is the big day. As, as some have said, it's the check-in day. Like I'm going to come in, I'm going to check my box off. Oh, I went to church. And you think that there's going to come a day when you're going to stand in front of God and say, listen, I went to church on Easter. He's going to say, okay, was I the Lord of your life? Did you live in sin and have sin just saturate your life? Or were you pursuing me? Were you pursuing me? That, that's the question that the, is going to be asked in Matthew chapter 5. Listen to this. 
just so you know that I'm not making it up. I don't want you to think I'm making things up. Matthew chapter 5 says this, Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are you hungering for the things of God? Are you longing, are you thirsting for the things of God? Are you coming to him in a, ble- in a meek manner? Scripture says, blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Scripture says, man, that God will resist prideful people. If you come in and you're like, man, God's just lucky to have somebody as awesome as I am. That's not going to get you in. Christ is going to resist prideful people, but he's going to come in. Like he, Jesus gave the example of, of the publican versus uh, the tax collector. The publican, like he just, he wouldn't even look up. He just, he beat his chest and he said, oh God. I am unworthy and I'm a sinner. And what did the tax collector do? Oh, Lord, you're lucky to have a guy like me. I tithe my income. Look what I do. I go to church sometimes. Look at me. Jesus was very clear that, listen, you want to follow me? It's going to take sacrifice. You're going to have to give up your sin. You're going to have to repent of your sin. Like this idea of belief that we have Jesus here, but we don't have Jesus enthroned in our hearts. Some of you in the room this morning are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. Because you've got Christ here, but you don't have Christ enthroned in your heart. How do you know that? Because you have no longing for holiness. Scripture promises us that if you love Jesus, you will long to live a holy and righteous life. You will long for that. But here's the thing I'm trying to help you guys understand is that Christ brings freedom from your sins. And this is the thing is, man, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Like Jesus is offering forgiveness to you this morning. He died on the cross, shed his blood on Calvary so that you could have the forgiveness of sins and you could be made right with God. Like, this is the whole idea. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Jesus did on the cross is bring reconciliation and justification. So therefore, now I can stand in front of God right, perfect, and without sin because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. Coming in this room and being a member of a church will never get you into heaven. You know what will get you into heaven? Christ's blood on the cross and you believing in what Jesus said he's done. Repenting of your sins, 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Like this is the thing that I love is you keep going down in Romans chapter 5. Listen to this. For while we were still weak, and at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Who's that? We've just established that's everyone in the room. Christ died for you. Christ died for me. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person. One dare might die. But Christ shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, we would be fools to ignore this offer from Christ. Jesus has come and he stepped in and says, I have given you the ability to have justification. 
Therefore, we now have been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Why? Because Jesus, when he died on the cross, took the full, unmitigated, forceful wrath of God on his head. The lovely head of Jesus. That's the biggest thing. Like Everybody talks about all, all the bad things that happened in his crucifixion. Those were bad, but the worst was that he was separated from his father, and he'd never been separated. He took your place, took your sin, and he became sin that knew no sin. He became sin on our behalf so that we would be able to have the forgiveness and reconciliation from God. So Jesus, as he... He screams, I guess, he screams out, Father, where, where are you? Don't forsake me! He's, he's sad on the cross because he's been separated from his Father. Why? To buy you back. To buy you back. And, and this is what it looks like to follow Christ, is you're going to repent. Like, if your sin doesn't, I've said this a dozen or more times in this room, if your sin does not bother you, it is an indicator that you do not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can sin and have no issue, like, yeah, I, I don't care, I'm not a big deal, not a big deal, it doesn't bother me that I, that I have lust in my heart, that I've got anger and pride and unforgiveness. It doesn't bother me. If that doesn't bother you, it is a very good indicator that you do not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the beautiful message of the gospel is that you have been given the invitation to come in and get full access into the grace of Jesus Christ. You get to move from being the enemy of God to being the friend of God. But there's some in the room that just will just, eh, take my chances, Caleb. I hear what you're offering. I hear what you're saying. But man, I'm... I'm good. Are you? Are you? Because Christ says if you're not out. So Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So that means, consequently, if you're outside of Christ, there is condemnation. But here's the, the beautiful message of the gospel is that Jesus has come and he's brought you the, the ability to be saved. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, what shall we say then to these things if God is for us? Now this is in, in concert with the idea that those that belong to Christ. This is Romans chapter 8. And the idea here is those that belong to Jesus Christ. Those that are in Christ, what should we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he is raised, and he is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. Now, think about this for just a second. The Lord Jesus Christ just said that He is on the right hand of the Father, interceding on the behalf of you and me. He's praying for you. How many of y'all love it when you get a text message from somebody that says, hey, I'm praying for you? 
Am I the only one? Anybody like those text messages to say, hey, I'm praying for you. Man, this thing got really long. Um, how many, you love that when, when somebody sends a text. You just got a text message. I know this is a little cheesy. I'll, I'll own it. But the text message just came in the form of God's word, the sovereign, holy word of God that says that those that are in Christ, who should bring a charge against God's elect? No one. God's got nothing. There's no one can bring a condemnation towards those that are in Christ. Now, if you're not in Christ, there will be condemnation. But those that are in Christ, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you this morning, interceding that you would live in victory, that you would overcome sin, and that you would be His. Because the Scripture also tells us that the enemy is constantly accusing the brethren. Constantly accusing the brethren. So Satan will be like, did you see what Jamie did? You see what she did? And Jesus is like, oh, whoa, 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 Father, wait, that's mine. No condemnation there. Oh, all right. And the idea here is that you've been given access because of what Christ has done. And this is the, the, the terrifying part for me is that I think a lot of people think they're saved when in reality um, they're probably not. Because there's coming a day, John, Matthew chapter 7 gives this really clear picture. Chapter 7 verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So what does this say? That there's coming a day that those that are religious, which this was me, this is one of the verses that really pricked my heart as me as a pastor's kid that realized, oh my goodness, I'm not a Christian. I'm religious, but I'm not a follower of Jesus. So what, what needs to take place? I need to repent. Because there's coming a day when there's going to be people who are going to stand in front of God and say, Wait, Lord, Lord, didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I do many wonderful works? Man, I went to that old Baptist church down there. That didn't count. And then God will look at them plainly and say, what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you work, workers of lawlessness. If you back up, Jesus says, in verse 13 and 14, he says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. So the many in verse four, or 13 is the same many that's over there in verse 22. Same many, same people. For the gate is narrow and the way that is, leads to life everlasting is difficult. And there are few that find it. So by the authority of God's word, there's not going to be a lot of people in heaven. People say, oh, there's going to be billions. and Maybe. But the scripture says there's not going to be very many. Because the way that leads to life everlasting is difficult. It's narrow. You got it. You can't live in sin and have Jesus. You can't have one foot in the camp of Christ and one foot in the world of worldliness. You can't. You've got to have one foot in. You can't do that. 
It's either you're all in or you're all out. You can't just ride the fence. Revelation chapter 3 says that that makes the Lord Jesus Christ sick to his stomach. So what's the, what's the answer? Repentance. Repentance is the cure this morning. Where you come to the end of yourself, no longer prideful and arrogant about who you are, but rather you say, God, I am a sinner. I have broken your law. And guess what? You're not alone. Because everybody in the room is in the same bucket as you. So you get me like, well, Caleb, you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what I've done. But Jesus still forgave me. Amen? God still redeemed me. God, listen, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than your sin. You cannot out the grace of God. There's no way that you can be like, well, not this one, Lord. You can't get this one. Man, Ed, let me just be real honest with you. Most of us in the room are junior varsity when it comes to sinning. Read the Bible. Anybody in the room committed adultery and killed somebody for it? Like afterwards? Okay, well, fair enough, Tyler. Right? But listen, like that's, that's the people that Jesus came to save. He came to save the rapist, the murderer. The adulterer. He came to save the, the prideful, the liar, the lust-filled man, woman, man or woman. The prideful man or woman. He came to save you. And he's offering the forgiveness of his grace and his shed blood for your life. And you're like, man, not me. Nah. Hurry up, preacher. It's almost noon. You got five minutes and then I'm done. Like, I'm pleading with you this morning that, man, God's grace is sufficient, it's beautiful, and it's glorious, and He is able to save you and reconcile you, and your home will be in heaven with Him forever. Man, you'd be crazy not to accept this. There's a lot, I guess there's going to be a lot of crazy people. Like, they've been offered the, the gospel, and they're like, well, I'm a good guy. Well, the Scripture says that no one's good. Scripture says our good deeds are like filthy rags. Do a word search on that filthy rags and find out what that means. It's pretty gross. That's your righteousness. But Jesus comes in and wipes the slate clean and gives you forgiveness and offers you the hope of a future. Freedom from sin. Freedom from self. You and I have been given such a glorious gift from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have been given, we've obtained access. We've obtained access into a place that we weren't supposed to be in. And the enemy is going to constantly be that guy at the gate. Listen, you don't belong here. Listen, don't listen to that guy. You're good on your own. Don't, shh, shh, shh. you don't belong here. Don't ever come back. Hurry, shh, hurry. And listen, some of you won't come back till next year. And this, I'll go a little bit step further. If you, and this is, let me just, I'll have to clarify and help this. Um, church membership will never get you into heaven, but I can promise you, it is a barometer to tell whether or not you love the Lord Jesus Christ because you will love what Christ loved. If Christ died for the church, why in the world won't we show up for it? Yeah, we got people in here that just play that game. It's Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter. That won't get you into heaven. Those that 
hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. They'll be filled. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Will your lawless deeds be forgiven? That falls in you this morning. Will you be willing to repent of your life and your sin? Your selfishness? Will you be willing to repent or are you just going to be like, eh, I'm good. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. All of it. Now, I'm not a traditional invitation guy. I'm not a, hey, let's play music until somebody comes and let's have an emotional plea, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that. The, the Holy Spirit's going to do His work and He's going to get who He's going to get. So here's what I'm, the invitation this morning is this. If you've been pricked by the Holy Spirit about anything in your life where you need to repent, and you're like, man, I do need to pray. I do need to repent. I'm just going to take a couple minutes. We're just going to pray. And I'm going to ask you just to take some time and reflect on what you've read and what you've heard out of God's Word today. And man, if you're not saved, you have the opportunity to be saved. But you have to repent and believe in Jesus. You've got to repent of your sins and believe in Christ. Nothing else is going to get you there. Nothing else is going to get you into the kingdom of God other than repentance and belief. That's it. Faith in who Jesus said He was. That's, that's what he says in, in this whole idea of Abraham. The text here says that, that this is what Abraham was. That is why his faith was counted. This is talking about Abraham. Abraham was saved the same way you and I are saved. By grace through faith. That is why his faith was counted unto him for righteousness. But the word, it was counted to him where it was where, where not written for the sake of for his sake alone, but for ours also, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised him from the dead, Jesus our Lord, and what? Who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So therefore, since we've been justified with faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Jesus did a work on the cross that you and I will never be able to do. He has extended the opportunity and the invitation to have full access into the kingdom of God. And you're, if you're going to miss it, it's on your own dime. Because the opportunity for you to repent is now. Now. You say, well, i got tomorrow. None of us in this room have the promise of tomorrow. Amen? We just don't. And I'll be honest. Some of us in the room, like we're on the last leg of this thing called life. He said, well, Caleb, are you saying we're old? No, I'm just saying any one of us in here could be on the last leg of life. We just don't know it yet. The question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to repent? Or are you going to stand there and say, I got this on my own. I don't, need, I don't need Jesus. My hope is that today you would find His grace to be sufficient. And that you would follow Him and you'd long and thirst and hunger for righteousness above all else. And when that happens, it's going to change your life. Amen? Let's stand together. Once again, happy Resurrection Day. Glad you guys were here to be a part of our service. And, and just love you all so much. Like that you're here is just a blessing.
And man, I'm, I'm hoping if you're here today and you say, Caleb, what you said today, the Holy Spirit worked in my, in my heart. I need to repent. I need to get right. Come see me. That's the invitation. That's the second half. Like you pray and ask God here just a second, just to work in your life. And then come find me and let's pray together and let's talk about who Jesus is. Okay? Father, thank you for the morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we get to be here in your house and get to worship um, together as the, with, the, with the saints. God, if there's anybody in the room today that doesn't know who you are, that is, is fallen short and they just need to repent, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict them in a way that would bring them to life and to a reconciliation with you, that you would ha- bring them to a full repentance and that they would um, be granted your mercy. God, help us as we walk through this day that you would uh, be glorified by what we do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and I love you all.